Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jantz, and my guest today is Bernie Ferrari. He is the chairman of Ferrari Consulting and a retired director of McKinsey & Company and author of a book we're going to talk about today called Power Listening, Mastering the Most Critical Business Skill of All. So, Bernie, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Well, so... Since you put it right there in the subtitle, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead with that. Why why is listening such an important business skill? Well, uh, the book is aimed uh, to people who uh, have to make critical business decisions uh, and work with other people to do so. In other words, uh, managers of any type of business, small, large, for profit, not for profit. So it has a broad uh, application. And those managers, to make better business decisions, have to be better informed. They have to find uh, information, data in uh, various places in order to make the best business decisions. And if you don't make good business decisions, well, you know what the results are. So often listening is the difference between profit and loss, success and failure, and sometimes a long career or a short one. Now you, um, at least the sounds of it. And of course, I've read the book, so I'm, I'm setting this up for you. But <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot of talk lately. In fact, there are other books with the with the word listening in them uh, these days, and they're really talking a lot about online listening and social listening because of you know all of the all of the information that people are freely sharing now. Um, and and to some degree, I th- I think your contention might be that some of that's actually making us deaf. Yeah, I, this, the listening I'm talking about is active, purposeful listening from others, uh, from other people, be it customers, suppliers, regulators, even competitors. Uh, good managers that I've observed, and I've been fortunate to work with some of uh, what I consider to be the very best, uh, these leaders are always gathering information. They are asking the questions that get them to what they need to know to fill in their blank uh, areas so that they are not caught unaware and can develop uh, unique insights into business problems. Um, They are very uh, purposeful in their listening. Uh, They are after what they need to make the best decisions. Well, I mean, can you you do that by listening, say, through... Uh, you know, a tool that tells you the sentiment of what's being said out there on Twitter? Well, you know, that is one piece of data, but most of our businesses involve contacts with fellow employees, colleagues, uh, customers, as I said before, competitors, regulators, you name it. It's in the marketplace, and you collide with these people all the time. And... uh, Good managers are always seeking information from everyone they come into contact with. And that is uh, what I am focusing on. It is those human contacts, for the most part, that get you what you need to know. Now, we all you know, were born, and assuming that you know, all of the anatomy worked with, with the ability to hear, and uh, uh, you know, one of my, of course, you spent a lot of time talking about this, probably one of my, Favorite parts of the book is where you talk about the different types of listeners. Obviously, everyone is equipped to hear, but we or to you know to to bring in sound, but we don't all listen 
or process maybe or analyze what's being said in the same way. And I, 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 I love some of your definitions, you know, the, the opinionator and the grouch and the, uh, <clears throat> the answer man and the pretender, you know, because we, I, I'm sure, and we can t- dive into each of those, but I, I'm sure most people that would read the book would go, oh, yeah, I know somebody like that, or, oh, yeah, I kind of maybe do that myself sometimes. So talk a little bit about this, this idea of different styles of listening that you, that you cover. Well, John, we uh, uh, laid out uh, six types of, of archetypes of bad listeners uh, for the purpose of uh, helping ourselves identify our bad behaviors. Uh, you mentioned a couple of them. Let, let me touch on a few just to give uh, everyone an idea of what uh, I was talking about. Uh, the opinionator is the type of uh, a listener uh, who uh, doesn't do much listening at all, really. Uh, in fact, mo- starts most of their uh, most of their uh, statements to you by listen, and then ends their uh, oration by write. So they, <laughs> they don't give you much of a chance or an invite to reply. They're just giving their opinion. Another that you mentioned was the grouch. Just as the opinionator knows they're right, the grouch knows that you're wrong. This person looks like it looks at you like you're sub subhuman species, uh, as if you have n- nothing to add, and beyond that, maybe the stupidest person they've ever met. Um, Another one that uh, you mentioned was the answer man. This is the person who has to be the smartest person in the room, uh, has to have the answer blurted out, whether it in fact meets the situation or not. But as you also pointed out, if we looked in the mirror, we probably could find ourselves in one or more of those archetypes. And uh, I make the statement in the book, I've been all six on the same day. Yeah. So uh, these are not uncommon, and uh, we find them in everyday life. You know, um, I do a lot of public speaking, and frequently organizations that hire me to speak will have the, the survey at the end. They want to know that people are getting the message or that they enjoyed this session or whatever they're trying to measure, and, and they often will share them with me. And I'm always amazed. Now, I mean, fortunately, most of the time they're good. Um, but there's always, even even when you get that 99%, there's always two or three people that, that just thought you were awful. <clears throat> and I always find that really amazing. It's like, gosh, did and it wasn't that they thought your style or anything. It was the message or something maybe they just thought was way off base. And I'm always amazed sometimes, and I, and I think, were they in a different room? You know, did they hear something different than than everybody else? And I I think that this probably goes maybe a little bit to uh, to this idea of different styles of listening. Well, unfortunately, you'll never know because you are in broadcast mode, uh, likely, right? You were you were asked to give a speech. Yeah, absolutely, right. So you weren't asked to interact. Uh, as leaders. As managers, people do give speeches. People are in broadcast mode at some time uh, during their uh, during their everyday activities. Uh, but what we talk about in the book is um, is a, a style um, of listening, an approach to listening uh, that gets the most out of employees and others that you come into contact with. You know, one point we make, John, in the book is that is that um, most organizations have the answers to their toughest questions. Most companies 
have the answers. They struggle with getting the information to synthesize into that answer. It's embedded in, the, in their sales force. It's embedded in their manufacturing force. It's embedded in their, um, in their customer relations people. It's in there. It just doesn't have a mechanism or has a listening style or a listening culture that doesn't allow that information to get to the right people to be synthesized into the right answers. That's you, why this skill is so important. Well, you make such a great point about the listening culture, too, though, because you, you're right. I mean, there's so often people don't really want input from the people that the salespeople or the customer service people. I mean, they, they don't, or at least they don't make it welcome. You know, and that gets us to what, what, um, what I call the five key parts of listening. And the first part of that is respect. Uh, you're not going to hear what a person has to say if you don't respect what they have to say. So great leaders respect everyone they come in contact with. They may not get very much information from that person. They might find that that, that conversation is not yielding what they need, and they have the social skills to get out of that conversation when it proves not to be very valuable. But they don't lose respect for the people. Well, and, and that's, that's a, there's kind of a flip side of that I want to explore too, though, because the person actually speaking knows whether or not you're listening too, right? I mean, they know whether or not they're being heard or if you're just kind of going through the motions, don't they? Uh, most of the time, yeah. uh, we think we can fool each other. We can't. <laughs> yeah. So so you mentioned there were five parts, and, and so I guess the first one you mentioned was respect. So if I'm going to go out there to, tomorrow and try to work on being a, a better listener, what are, what are the other four areas then? Well, just before I leave respect, though, I do want to mention one uh, thing that is uh, especially irritating to me, and by the way, I've I've been the sinner as well. Is it's hard to listen when you you're you've got that device in your hand where your thumb is moving, and you're reading your emails or sending some. Uh, that is the ultimate rude play sure. in in listening. Yep. Uh, we say sure, but boy, do a lot of people do it. Sure. The second uh, uh, aspect of good listening that I talk about is being quiet. It's hard to listen when you're talking. And uh, we see the 80-20 rule used a number of ways in a number of circumstances, but I try to tell myself that I'm doing a good job if I can stay quiet 80% of the conversation and use the other 20% to probe for what I need to know. And... Um, uh, that is very difficult to do because it also requires you to be a little more comfortable with silence. Right. Quiet is not very helpful when the person is perceiving that all you're doing while you're remaining quiet is reloading. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. So one trick I use, and uh, it would be interesting to get some feedback from you and your listeners as to whether this works for them, is that when a person finishes their statement in a conversation, to wait five beats. Allow that silence to develop and see what comes out. If nothing comes out, then you can start talking again, but it signals to the other person that, in fact, you're paying attention, that you're giving them the chance and you have the respect for them to finish their statement. I think it would be interesting for people to try. 
The third aspect is uh, uh, testing assumptions. You know, assumptions are like uh, comfortable old shoes. We seek them out and we love to wear them. Unfortunately, in business, they can be deadly. Great managers are always probing to attack their closely held assumptions about their businesses, about their customers, about their competitors. Uh, I recently had dinner with a CEO of a grocery store chain. He spends, every time he is out of town, he changes into regular garb and enters grocery stores of his competitors, shops them, pushes the basket around, and then when he buys the uh, groceries, he gives it to a food bank. But he goes around and he talks to customers in the aisles of his competitors. He learns a lot, yeah, all the that. time trying to attack assumptions. Yeah, that's that's so hard. I think for a lot of uh, owners, managers, because in, in a lot of ways, they believe at least that everybody there is looking to them to have the answers. And I think that's the trap we fall in. <laughs> yes, that's right. Most most managers that I that I admire are masters of the question. They're always probing. They're always phrasing questions to get information to test their assumptions about their business because they never believe that things are standing still. The fourth one is focus. You know, when you're listening, you have to be focused on what you're doing. If you are distracted by emotion or distracted by the last conversation, uh, you're not going to be listening. Uh, great managers are great compartmentalizers. They forget, or they, I should say, they're able to wall off what they've just completed to move on to the new thing. So they don't let issues bleed into each other so that they're not distracted. They're listening to you and they're not trying to replay in their head what was the last conversation they had with someone else. Also, if we're angry or frightened, we're not going to listen very well and we should know that and we should know that if we're in a conversation that we can't get out of and we've got these emotions going on, we might as well know we're not going to be very good. And the last, the fifth, we need to work on our memory because you better have something that works for you to remember the information that you're gathering. I talk about in the book my five file drawers so that I can keep track of what people are saying. Those file drawers are probably different for every one of us and may even differ by, by the type of business you're in. Uh, but you have to have some way of working on, on that memory so that you can store and then retrieve uh, and use that information going forward. So those are my five. Well, well Expect- let, me, let me finish on that last one then. I mean, are you talking about a technology or are you literally talking about carrying around a notebook? Or, <laughs> or- I'm talking about using your head, yeah. using the thing between your ears, which and some of us has become a bit flabby because we have depended on technologies. Mm-hmm. I, most most managers that I have worked with that are really terrific have great memories. And it isn't by accident, and they weren't born with them. They work on it. Yeah. Starts with remembering people's names, even, I suspect. Those yeah. are pro- probably people who are <laughs> that, really good at that. Yes, that that's true. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I talk about mandate. I, I have five. Mandate, what's... What, what are we trying to accomplish? Uh, plan, how are we going to accomplish it? Team, who's going to accomplish it? Execution, how we're going to ex- uh, how we're going to accomplish it? Or personal, is this conversation about something other than business? 
is it's about something that that person is struggling with. And then if that's the case, then I know we're in a zone where much of social listening is, and that is it's empathetic rather than problem solving. So what is it that makes this, I mean, that, that makes it that people have to work on this? I mean, we all naturally, I, I, I think people do have to work on it, but we, we all do naturally have these skills, and I think to some degree you've, you're suggesting people lose them or forget about them. I mean, what, what makes this, being an active listener, if we could use that term, um, so hard? Well, part of it is is that we've come at, the, at leadership from a strange uh, point of view. We think that leaders are commanders, and order givers. And in the book, and a number of interviews, um, uh, leaders are telling us just the opposite. Great leaders say that they create the environment in which people will know they will be listened to. They also create the environment when people speak up. They know they have the responsibility of being efficient in their words and to tell mm, what, yeah. what they are thinking, not what they think is popular, not what they think might be politically correct, but they tell you what they believe. And if you, as a leader, if you can create an environment where people feel that they're important, that what they have to say is important, and that their obligation is to uh, really synthesize their thoughts in an efficient way, then you've got one terrific culture. Yeah, and that's that second part. I think is a great point to that because I think I do think that there's some people who think when they hear, oh, you you know, you need to be asking. And for feedback, you know, I think they're 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 envisioning this. Oh, I'm going to go have to go sit around with everybody and ask them how they feel all day long. And I, and I think that you're right. It, that, that 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 equally important is that idea that everybody understands that this is you know you want the real feedback, but you want it in an efficient manner. And everybody, it just becomes a process, if you will. That's correct. You can walk into organizations that are very high performing, and you will find people colliding and interacting with each other in ways where the, there is true listening going on and there is true questioning and probing. Uh, people are quite serious and uh, quite rational and logical. It looks more like a lot of uh, Mr. Spock's uh, than you might imagine. That doesn't mean that the people are unfeeling or that the place is some frigid environment. Uh, but rather people are serious about interacting in a way with each other to get to the best information and to make the best decisions for their business. And, and that kind of loops all the way back to respect too, right? I mean, because it's a lot easier to tell somebody directly, here's what I think, when you know that you, there's mutual respect. That's correct. And, um, um, and, and that has uh, implications for how you're evaluated as an employee and how you're evaluated as a manager. Um, so, so as I was saying, the, the important point here is that leaders are not always in broadcast mode. They sometimes are in broadcast mode. They're not always in decision-making mode. They're sometimes in decision-making mode, but most of the time they're in listening modes. Most of the time they're gathering information so that when it's time to make that, infor that, that uh, decision, sometimes earlier than they'd like to, but at least they've worked hard to get as much information and the best information to make that decision. And that's what makes the better manager. So I'm going to um, end today with what 
it is probably an opinion question, <laughs> but but maybe you have research to to, to support this. Um, are there certain people that are are more natural? Um, and, and and I'll I'll be even more direct in that. Do women leaders do this better than men, or vice versa? Well, I, you know, I I explored this as best I can. I certainly didn't do a a scientific survey of any type, or one that would hold water, I guess, to that type of scrutiny. But I asked a lot of people about about this, both men and women, and frankly, we could not detect a gender difference. I have worked with uh, great women uh, listeners, and I've worked with some bad ones, uh, and the same with uh, same with men. Um, I've uh, I, I really can't detect a difference. Well, I, there, you know, so many women are starting businesses now and leading businesses now, and and it is an interesting, fascinating topic that you see a lot of talk about these days. That that not just the listening part, but just better leaders in general, or different leaders even uh, in, in general. And and I, I was curious if that kind of came up in this. What what some people might see from a leadership standpoint as a softer skill. Well, just because it's a softer skill, I don't think it's necessarily gender dependent. No, I, I absolutely agree with that. So, well, uh, Bernie, great, great conversation. Very important topic. I, I think this is one of those things that, uh, and you, you sort of, uh, uh, you were very clear in reminding me of that. I think this is one of those topics that is really goes back to almost face to face. I mean, we've gotten so much to where everything's being done online, and and we're, I think, we're losing some of the. Uh, you know, people talk about uh, we don't have manners anymore <laughs> in business, and I think that some of the uh, some of what you've talked about uh, would certainly fall into even the category of just good old what we used to call manners. You know, attentive listening. Um, but I do think that it's one of those skills that uh, that, as you call, is a critical business skill. You know, John, if uh, this starts to cause conversations in businesses about what they're doing and how they're interacting with each other and with their customers, competitors, suppliers, and so forth, uh, then the book has accomplished its purpose. Thanks so much. The Power or power Listening, Mastering the Most Critical Business Skill of All with uh, Bernie Ferrari. Thanks, Bernie. Thank you, John. Bye-bye.